So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Today, I've got Kieran Kayla on, who works with startup founders, particularly around, you know, getting their their startups and their products into corporates, whether that's through partnership or through venture capital. And I think there were so many interesting synergies in how she works with founding entrepreneurs and, you know, really us as expert entrepreneurs as well. And we really explore that idea. Particularly, I want you, you to keep it in the frame that if you're kind of got a business already and you're changing your products or you're trying to pivot your business, you're actually in the restart mode and you have a restart up. So the, the importance of the story and actually having conversations through your story, I think is very important for any business owner at all. So we really work through the importance of your story, particularly for your connection to your clients and, and your market. And then also from the people that you want to partner with, whether that be collaborate with other business partners, business partners in your actual business, whether you want to raise money or however that is and how your story connects with people, both the story of yourselves and the story of your business. We also really explore that understanding your story and what your focus is and what you want to do can really help even in your daily decisions. And we even really delve quite deep into that, which was a surprise out of this podcast and how that, you know, everyday decisions become much easier if you've really got that clarity around what your story is and what your focus is. So buckle in, stay tuned, and enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's a good afternoon to Kieran Kalup, all the way from LA, and it's good morning for me as well. Super excited to have Kieran here. She works with a startup founders and entrepreneurs and we found a real synergy to what we do with expert entrepreneurs and founders. So Kieran, just give us a quick rundown on how you're here. Tell us a bit about your business growth through story. It's not a title of a business that you hear often with people who do work with founders and startups and particularly with corporate ones. So tell us, how'd you get to be here? Yeah, thanks so much, Sam. Such an honor to be here with you and to speak to expert entrepreneurs as well. Um, I spent most of my life in startup and technology world, and I was also a journalist. And so I've spent a lot of time around people telling their stories. And one of the things I learned, uh, especially in my, my last full-time role, was that you need to be really clear on who you're talking to. And sometimes folks just don't know how to do that, and they need some help. And I found that I'd really love to do that. So what I decided to do was do what I really love and take everything that I've learned over the course of my career, being a journalist, uh, 
being at a think tank, uh, even in Washington, and helping policy people communicate their stuff to the world, and take all that, my experience of doing marketing within a startup, and saying, okay, how do you tell your story to the world? Let's do this so that you can grow your company faster by making money and partnering with big companies, because that's really interesting when you're a startup. You have something that they don't have. How can you work together for both of your benefit? And then ultimately, for a founder of a startup, it means retaining more of your equity and just having more power in any of those conversations. And that's what I love to do. I love founders. They're the most interesting, passionate, committed people. They want to change the world. They're super driven. And they just need a little bit of help sometimes along the way. And if I can help them be successful and help change the way that we all get to benefit, that's even better, right? Because certain products deserve to exist. And if they're not able to tell their story in the right way, they may not get that round of funding. They may not be able to get to that next stage where then you and I get to enjoy the benefits of what they've done. So that's that's where all this comes from. And I just love to see entrepreneurs also grow themselves uh, in the process as they're learning how to tell their stories better. Fantastic, because it it's such an interesting thing. And there's a couple of things that I really want to drill down here and sort of educate around, particularly, you know, when we work in businesses. And I think as we go forward into the next couple of decades, that relationship, collaboration, partnership piece, I think is going to become more important. But the relationship and the storytelling skills that you have, we haven't been taught. I, I think founders are very, no matter what style of business you are, and I'm a founder myself, that we get very um, stuck on, we know that what we can do is fantastic and that it can help. But the people that we're talking to don't necessarily understand that, but they don't, they want to sort of understand how it connects to their problems. And that's a big thing. So I want to talk to that. And then secondly, I want to talk to the collaboration piece around partnership as opposed to say VC funding or something like that, because I see so many people who are founders who then, you know, get the VC capital and, and everything in if they do that and then lose control and then lose the product. And sometimes the product, I've heard a number of stories when then the product doesn't actually, or they sell it and then the product doesn't actually get off the ground and come to the world where it should be in the world because it's not important. There's a couple of examples, you know, that I think of now, but um, I think too, that how do you actually collaborate with the big corp? So let's first start with telling the story and also how you can focus on in on the problem. We were before this, Kieran and I in the, in the green were, were talking about networking and how this is as simple as don't even think of this as corporate. What she's going to tell you now is so important. So if you're in a network function, don't talk about your product or what you do. Talk about what you solve. So how do people actually explore that? How do they actually get to that point when we are? So we've got the expert paradox going on of I know I can help you because my, in this case, product does this, this, this and this but that doesn't really mean anything to anybody. How do you actually go on that storytelling so you can actually make that a story? What is the process people go through? That's a really good place to start. Yes, yes, what's the process? Um, so I like to say, let's pretend before we even talking about, you know, you're in a specific situation, if you had to explain this to a child, yeah. could be your own child, could be niece, nephew, whoever, or uh, an older member of your family, how would you put it in the most simple terms? I am obsessed with plain English. Mm -hmm. I don't want buzzwords. I don't want jargon. Just talk to me like a human. We're having a conversation. This is how I solve a problem, right? So very powerful also as part of that are examples 
uh, could be a metaphor also. So um, I did this exercise actually with a group of uh, women who I very blessed to be part of this group of women who are all uh, business owners, a lot of them experts uh, in their own fields. We were just learning how to pitch ourselves. And one woman in the group, so good at detail-oriented things. And her metaphor was very powerful and very memorable, which is the other key. She said, I'm like air traffic control. That's what she does. Like you get it immediately. Yes, there you is do. Yeah, yeah. very high stakes involved. You cannot mess that up. We do not want anyone crashing and dying. She knows where everything is at any one point, who's landing, who's taking off, where everything needs to be. She's got it under control. So powerful. And so I did that session and it was a bunch of us who did it. I did it like a month ago. Of course I remember because it was so powerful, right? Yeah. That's not my story. That's hers. But I was just like, got it. If I'm ever going to introduce her, I would say, this is your woman for air traffic control. <laughs> Right? That's what she does. She's got all that on lockdown. She's the person you want running your your behind the scenes details. And then I found out, oh, she came back from from a background doing all these other things. But that's her value. And that's amazing because that's twenty seconds. Yeah, really simple. We can all understand that. Um, so it's really challenging to do it for yourself. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you. Um, so sometimes it just means asking other people, what do you think I do? Especially if they're your customers. That I think is the other thing. And I've learned that over time and other people have said it, but it's so powerful. How does somebody else see your value? What words do they use? Because you can start using that too. I don't have to create it on my own. Um, I, I even had somebody I, I spoke to uh, say to me, you know, because I'm, here to help, right? I'm really here to help founders. And he said to me, you know, I've learned so many things as a founder the hard way. He said, I don't want to learn this also the hard way. In his case, when we were talking about enterprise sales, right? He's like, I've done enough stuff the hard way. I was like, wow, that's really powerful. I can use that because I know it's coming from a real place with somebody who's in my target audience. Mm, Cool. And it's such an interesting thing. And everyone listening, this is really important. Ask your clients what they love about what you do because I was doing this exercise very recently, actually, we're trying to get our words right. Look, getting it really simple into one line takes a long time and you've got to practice it. Get into network events, get into thing, practice it, practice it at the coffee shop. If you can get your favorite barista to understand what you do, you're going to nail it because they have to listen to you. So <laughs> yes. well, if they're good, they have to. <laughs> they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. So it's too bad. So sad. But anyhow, but I actually do. I have an amazing barista here closely and I go and, and work my pictures with her all the time. She, she actually knows that I do that and we have fun with it. What I found is because, you know, we've got lots of word, you know, we increase your profits by 30%. We decrease your burnout. We get you knowing what you want. And so I kept, you know, since, so now I just ask that simple question, what do you love about working with, you know, Blueprint HQ? And without, every single one came back with a, one woman actually said this, but there were different forms of it. Knowledge without judgment. And I went, what? That's powerful. And I went, wow. Okay. Um, that's not on any of my pictures or, or anything like that, but it tells the story, you know, that means that we, we, we offer a safe place and that particularly experts, you know, you just, as you don't want to feel judged at all and no one does. And that really blew me away just blew me away. And I've been doing this a long time. So ask other people, then they will give you the words that you can go and use. Yes. Very, very And sometimes you have to sit with it. But, you know, I did did have that reaction of, and I went, stop it. Just do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, and then this is such a, such a, such a, such a powerful part of it also is your personal story as to why you started this journey. Yes. And Mm -hmm. that depends again, you know, do you have more time for that part? That's not your, you know, 10, 20 second version. And then another woman in this group, it was amazing. She had gone through something extremely traumatic. She had been diagnosed with breast cancer and she had been working, you know, in the corporate world, like hard, hard, hard. And then you suddenly have this life-changing event and you're forced to step back and stop. And she realized that what she had learned in school and what she'd been doing as a corporate person didn't make any sense. And so she's like, I'm going to take this experience and then go back. And it's actually a lot of what she does is around positive psychology and just getting people to feel and be their best and now leverages that in her expert (laughs) work. And it's so powerful because I will never forget that she went through breast cancer and that was her key turning point in her, in her life and her career. And that brings so much more meaning to everything she does. Right. And you just, you, you feel her energy and her warmth when she talks about it and you drawn to her, right? That is so powerful. We all want to connect with another human. And once I know your story and think that's what you've been through, oh, wow, now you got me. I want to be there. Uh, Yes. Tell me more. And I think that's so important until I started sharing my story and even sharing my passion of riding horses and and dressage and, and competing and all of that sort of stuff. People are drawn to you. And that's really tough for experts. And particularly you would think going into corporates for either partnership or VC, there's this whole myth, and it's a massive myth, that these are all people and they want those stories. And that's really hard for us when we have been taught to separate business from person. And that's crap because we can't, particularly founders, because founders, it is a mesh and we we have to actually understand that we can't disconnect that mesh. So are you finding that, you know, when you help with corporates, is, is that true? what I just said. Well, so so when I when I when I'm helping the startups present to those folks, I very often ask them, you know, where is this coming from? Like you didn't just decide this was a cool idea. Where is this coming from? And had this experience with a couple founders just in the last few months in very different categories, one in uh, consumer products. And she's not your typical founder. She's a stay-at-home mom. And the product came from a very real place within her family and her mother having this problem and literally decades ago getting divine inspiration as to how to solve it. Mom did some research, put it aside, and her name's Cindy. And Cindy comes back to her mom and she's like, whatever happened to that thing you were working on? And her mom's like, okay, I'll show it to you, but basically don't mess it up. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I'm going to hand over this, this it basically was a gold mine that just been sitting there. And it's amazing what Cindy's been able to do because she's so driven by her mother's story and the way it impacts women, especially it's a health issue for women. It's a related to bladder control. It's a super simple, like little thing, like, and it's just so obvious maybe, but nobody bothered to research it or figure it out. It has to do with nerve endings. and stuff. Anyway, it's just like, and Cindy's like, every time I feel like I can't go on, she's like, I know how many people I have to help. Yeah. And my mom, like I'm doing it for her. I'm doing it for all these other people. And you're like, of course I want you to win. Like, yes, that's amazing. And so who was she pitching? I'll tell you, it was a very large CPG company <laughs> that spends billions of dollars literally on advertising globally. And these are humans that she was talking to. And they were all like, oh. yeah. and she won. 
And you know why? Because she got them with the story. No question in my mind. Yes, there's a lot of alignment in terms of the product and where they play and how they could help her. There's a lot of other things. But there were other people in that competition who I also coached who told really great stories, have businesses that are farther along in terms of their traction and revenue and all these things. But man, who doesn't want to see Cindy win? And then when she won, like you just like her face was priceless. So and you're just like, it's just such a great story from beginning to end. Her story, the story within the story. Anyway, just brilliant. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. And it is, and that's the thing is that we're all human and we all have mothers and we all have sons and daughters and, and whatever those stories are. We all have, every single person has I actually saw this interesting thing the other day. Every time you meet a person, you know that they've had a stuffed up childhood. You know that they're struggling today. Yes. You know that they've got a mask on and they're pretending they don't have a mask on and, you know, these sort of things. And that is exactly right. So telling a story and, and telling this is so important because it's human to human. Um, and I think somewhere along the line those skills have, have dropped um, and I think story is how we get it back because we all have the childhood stories and stuff and, you know, it's no, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world, Disney, Pixar and everything, they're, they're that important because they tell everything through story and it's what it is. It is. It is so powerful. And so many people think they have to shock and awe with their cool stuff and like their fancy features. And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> like, take a step back. Why did you start this company in the first place? Like, why are you actually doing this? Right? Yeah. And You'll draw somebody in with that and you'll be, like I said, way more, you know, sort of drawing somebody in and you're memorable, which especially in a world full of all kinds of noise, you want people to remember who you are and why they want to work with you. And and then you can get into some more of the details. And I think that extends nicely into the next part is seeing who you collaborate with. So, that, you know, the difference between, yes. I, I know one of the things you work on is more going into partnership as opposed to getting funding. Is that correct? Yeah. And I assume... The story matches better. Like if, if you tell your story and someone doesn't get it, you don't want to collaborate with them. Is that how it works? I think, well, so it starts when I talk to startups specifically about looking at big companies, right? There's a, there's a, there's a perception that I'm David and they're Goliath and they could easily crush me, right? But I actually have a lot of power. I have something that they don't have, right? They might, they have scale, they have a business model that's clearly proven and works and all these sorts of things, but I figured out something or I have a way to solve a problem that they don't have. And they might try and do it themselves, but there's lots of reasons why they're probably not going to be able to or it's going to take them too long or all those sort of things. So you need to figure out where that that place is that you can be most helpful, yeah. what the biggest win is going to be. There's probably lots of things you could do together. Where could you start? And that's, as a founder, that's just doing your research, man. Like I've, I've, I'm a journalist. Like it's obvious to me. Like you go read people's stuff that they've put out publicly. Like it's not brain science. Like go <laughs> – Go see what they posted on social media. Go read their public filings if they're a publicly traded company. What are they putting out in press releases? Like, have they committed to certain things? Have they said that they really care about diversity and like they're, you know, going to like do certain things? Maybe nobody's going to hold them accountable, but you could come in and say, hey, I've got a solution for you. So there's that part of it. And then it's the being able to know how to package it up for them so that it resonates and tying that story in so that you get them excited and and really what you want is to give them that ultimate vision of what this looks like and that's 
how you can usually tell from a human point of view, like, is this working? Is this not working? And be able to see, do we have a path forward here? In an ideal world, that person's going to be so excited. They're going to want to sell it up the chain, right? There's always a corporate structure. People have to get buy-in and all those sorts of things. Uh, There's budgets and all this sort of stuff. There's never a guarantee, but you want to make sure you're you're getting your champion (laughs) from the outset. If that person is not your champion, find them as quickly as possible. There's somebody else within the organization. Um, and, And start leveraging that because now they're excited. Like, we all know that like crappy stuff can get funded. It's just, it's charisma. It's being able to say things with confidence and conviction really matter. And even if that's not who you think you are, you can be that person. I don't care if you're an introvert or whatever. You Anybody can do this stuff. Um, you just go a little bit deeper within, <laughs> find it. Um, and we'll bring it out and, 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 and show that gift that you have to the world. Um, and if you are able to do that partnership, guess what? You're going to learn from it. It's going to be something that ideally you're making money from. And that gives you so much. And then guess what? You leverage that to get to your next customer and to your next customer. And if you're making money, let's say you still decide you got to go raise money. Okay. Guess what? You're in a much more powerful position. You probably have to give up less equity. You can raise at a higher valuation. Um, and investors always come with their own stuff. Like it's not the right path for everyone also, depending on what it is you're building. You don't want that pressure to scale maybe too fast, or you have decided that you want to do this at a slower pace. That's okay. Like, you know, this, I know so many people who feel like that's the only game in town. Well, let me tell you, also, if you raise a lot of money, that comes with a lot of strings. Like, there's very high expectations. And you will not be the only one driving that boat. Like, it's just <laughs> a lot of, lot of, lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff is going to come into your life. And so that's a whole other story. Like, take the smart money, not the dumb money. But, like, you, you, are, you are ultimately going to have more, more control and over your destiny. And that's awesome. Like, that's what you want. I want to help you do that. Like founders deserve to win. That's my whole thing. Like you want to like, what is the exit you ultimately want? What is the impact you want to have in the world? Let's help you get there. And I think that it doesn't matter if you're founding and and you want to get into corporate or you're just shifting your business from a more traditional, say expert businesses, what we do into the more, you know, entrepreneurial future ones where you're doing different things. That is so important. You need to sit down and say, how do you want to actually exit this business? Because we see, particularly in the expert fields, people taking on partners because that's what people have already done. So actually, you know, say, oh, well, you're a lawyer and I'm a lawyer or you're an accountant and I'm an accountant or a quantity surveyor or whatever that is without saying, well, how do I want to exit this business? How do I want it to look every day? And is this the right person for me? And do their stories match? And your stories of I'm an accountant and you're an accountant, that's not matching at all. Everything that we've talked about today, you need to get to know. And I think so many businesses in across the board, not just startup style of businesses, but every single business needs to make the same decisions and the same framework as you would to take on a corporate partner, to take on any partner, whether it, <laughs> any partner at all. And then look at that because these are the people you spend every day with. You know, you really need to check that out and make sure they understand your story and you understand theirs and actually do that homework before you get into business with anybody. I think that's an important thing to do. I can't tell you how much training and and education we do on getting people out of these situations. If they just wouldn't get into them in the first place or do the due diligence This is one of the key due diligence. I think this is an interesting nugget that I didn't realize would come out of this conversation. 
But what you're talking about is just because everyone says you should give venture capital doesn't mean you should. You know, there are other ways to do it. And you've got to be very clear on where you want to end up and then do the research on what that looks like. So if you don't know what venture capital looks like, go and find someone who got it and talk to them. Talk to there's, someone. There's so much information that's out there. Yeah. 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 And talk to someone who did a great job, who's had a good experience and talk to someone who hasn't had such a good experience. And I'm fairly sure that that's not going to be 50-50, but yes. Right. Well, and it takes a lot of time. This stuff is really time consuming. As a founder, you're going to be spending a lot of time having those conversations and trying to move things forward. And you're going to spend more time on that than actually on the business. So you have to make sure that that is where you want to be spending your time because we all know that's your most valuable resource. Um, So that's with any conversation. It could be a sales conversation, partnership conversation. Is this worth it? Am I getting to the outcome that I want here with this? And if you haven't had that conversation with yourself, <laughs> do that first, because otherwise, to your point, you're going to end up in a situation that you don't want to be in, and you're going to have to unravel that stuff, and that is no fun for anyone. And again, it's taking your time and your and your energy, and you're not going to be able to give that to your business in the way that you want and to get ultimately what you want out of it. So yeah, total agree. We find that so important. We made a whole program on a quarter line leader, and that is where do you want to be? Because if you don't align to that, everything else, that's why we get exhausted. And and that's what it is. And we are not taught how to do that. And then you do have to unravel. Whereas it's much easier to go every day going, is this getting me there? Is this getting me there? Is this getting me there? It's really interesting. And you can get a 20-minute conversation over and then you don't go and have got you know, even on, you know, Zoom, we waste so much time having meetings with people because we think we should, as opposed to, you know what, my noun is, do I get energy from them or do they drain me even on Zoom? Can I see myself sitting with this person having a conversation in five years? And if that answer is no, then it doesn't matter what the opportunity is at that point, because I know for me, this is me, you know, that it's different for different people. That's extremely important, that it is extremely important that when we grow this business, that everyone in it associated with it in the habitat has the same values. And it's important if they're customers, suppliers, people inside, people I interview on my podcast, you know, people who ask me, can they just come on the podcast? I go, well, I have to meet you first, you know, as we have met. And, um, you know, off you go. Don't let people into your habitats that you don't think you want one in there. And of course, things do go wrong, of course, but you can't get that 100% all the time, but at least try. I think that's for me now. I have learned at 51 years old that the due diligence you do is, can I spend time yeah. with this person? I used to yep. say, and I went into partnership with 10 people, say, well, I wouldn't have them over for a barbecue, but I, I'm okay with them in business. That is <laughs> bullshit (laughs) that's Um, tough that was my bullshit (laughs) yeah yeah well I hear you on that because I worked um in a in a startup for several years and the the basic rule was no assholes and you know it's kind of a low baseline at some level but it 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 was true for everything it was true for everything um and it meant it meant investors too like like I said earlier like those investors are going to be with you for a long time like you don't want them in the business if they're not the right fit for you, for what you want, like what is the outcome you want? Like, like always know the outcome that you want from anything that you're going to do. What is the outcome of this meeting that I'm about to have? What is the outcome I want from this from this interview? Yeah. What is the outcome I want from this? And if you don't know that, then you're wasting your time. Again, very valuable resource. And then it goes back to the other thing, which is you even kind of hinted at it, and that's something I've been learning as an entrepreneur. Uh, just you know, 
barely a half year into my own journey, uh, but I've learned it's about asking really good questions. And the questions we ask ourselves really matter. And sometimes we don't realize that we're asking ourselves really disempowering questions. Um, I think that's like, like, why do I always screw up? Like, what's wrong with me? Right? Like, those are not questions that are going to get you to a better place, right? Like, so um, one of my primary questions that I've been asking myself in the last few months is how do I make it really easy for the people who need me to find me right now? Oh. And if I'm answering that question every day, I'm like, oh, because it's at some level, it's actually not about me. I, I really want to help people. So how I'm actually doing a disservice if I don't make it easier to find me. You might not be the right fit for me. You might not even, that's fine. But how I make it easier for those people to find me. Yeah. And that is a really great place to come from, especially when you're not feeling great <laughs> or there's something else that went wrong that you didn't plan on and life stuff happens, man. It, it always, always happens. happens. Right? <laughs> All right. <sighs> Deep breath. <laughs> reboot because Sam and I were talking about that earlier. Like sometimes people need to reboot themselves. Yeah. Take that step back. Okay. How do I get to a better place? Lift up my energy. How do I help those people find me right now? That's so good. That's so good. And then obviously a podcast like this is completely in line. Um, to that and so you you they're easy decisions to make in fact you don't even have to it's not fatiguing to make those decisions there's no decisions I always say we do we do some training a lot of training on decision making make the decision way back um make it once so you're not making a thousand decisions a day because it's exhausting making that you're still going to make decisions um like I don't I don't make any decisions of what I wear I don't make any decisions on what I eat they're all made (laughs) For me, like I've, I've made them myself, um, you know, previously and, you know, cutting down my wardrobe is one of the biggest things I ever did. <laughs> and um, that is, I'm not a minimum, I, I, I like clothes and everything, but I did come to realize that, um, you know, in and out, in and out, you know, just, yeah. this is what I wear Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm giving secrets away. So now people <laughs> know, and Zoom <laughs> is just great because you can actually wear the same thing every day. Um, and that is not a nobody knows. It's like you got to look good, but um, yeah, nobody knows. And I've got two dresses, and they're great dresses. But um, and then the hard thing is when I go and buy another one, I have to get rid of one of those. And that's that's I find that a bit hard. But make it make it make your decisions and make them make them way down when you're got the time, you've got the space, and you really sit with them. Um, not so much on you know obviously what you eat and stuff. Eating's a big one too because. I found that the fuel you put in your body, unfortunately, does drive your energy um, as, as it does a car. And you wouldn't put, you know, you put good fuel into your car. You've got to put good fuel into yourselves. And if you can actually set that up so you don't make a decision during the day on it, it is life changing. It is just life changing. Yes. Um, and you don't have that energy of going, I shouldn't have that Coke. I shouldn't have that drink. I shouldn't have this whatever. If you've done the work beforehand, that energy all gets put into what you want to do every day as opposed to having that battle with yourself all the time. Oh my goodness. And well, you could ask, ask the same question, which is what is the outcome I want from drinking this or eating this? And sometimes just being yeah. conscious that you, you, you realize that what you're doing is bad and you know, you're going to feel like crap later yeah. and then make the decision say, okay, do I still want this? Okay, fine. Then I accept the consequences. Um, whatever that's going to be the sugar crash in half an hour from now or whatever. I did do that with a McDonald's Sunday yesterday. Yeah. I did do that with a McDonald's Sunday. I went, I know what's going to happen when I eat this. That's okay. <laughs> I'll be driving at the time. That's okay. You made the decision and you own it. That's fine. But yeah, making decisions from a bad place, generally not a good idea. You want to do it when you're in a, when you're in a better place. So yeah. 
Fantastic. So we have really gone on a, on a bit of a journey today and a story. We have certainly started with the story <laughs> and the importance of that and the vulnerability of that and ended up, and I think that actually ties back to exactly what we were just talking, whether it be, you know, who you go into business with and who you bring into your baby, your business, because our businesses are very linked to what we do through collaboration, make those decisions first and, you know, and even look at it in what you do every day on simple things like build that muscle with what you wear and and what you eat as well. So it's all actually related. What is the story you want to be telling? Um, And the story I want to be telling is I want to be really healthy so I can do this for as long as I can. And then that's... There you go. Yeah. So that, you know, having that McDonald's yesterday, I was like, okay, that's not going to affect that because I'm, I'm okay. But today it's like, well... I'm going to stick to what I eat. And as I said, I don't actually think about it at all, but I have actually, you know, mapped it out. And it's exactly the same way that we frame and you frame by the sounds of it when you're looking at who you're going to bring into your business and collaboration. Same muscle, just different things. So practice it all the time and that you'll live. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I do want to um, send out an invitation. So one thing you might not know about Kieran is that she's an avid tennis fan and she wants to do all of the um, Grand Slams. And at the moment, she's been pretty slack. She's only done the US one. So I am sending her an invite out to January 2023 to come to Australia in Melbourne to do that one. Love it. And um, hopefully she'll have a crack at the other two, which are a little bit closer, obviously Wimbledon and and the French Open as well. So I extend that invitation (laughs) to all the Australians who are listening for next year. Awesome. Awesome. I'd love to do it. I have many reasons to come to Australia in addition to uh, the Grand Slam uh, tournament um, and would love to do, love to do it and, and see your beautiful country. And I know that Australia is home to so many great entrepreneurs. Um, in America, we don't probably give you, you guys enough credit. Um, and I know you sometimes have to fight harder for people to know who you are, where you, that you exist. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, and, and honestly, and, and, and Sam is great, great, great example of this. You guys are running global businesses. You don't have to yeah. be anywhere in the world to probably do what you're doing as an expert. You can work with anyone. So, you know, you navigate time zones. You're, you're a pro at this. You know, you can start early in the morning. You can do stuff later, depending on who, where anybody is. Just, you know, yeah. you have a laptop, you have internet, you're good to go. Like, just enjoy that freedom because so many people in this world do not have that. That is an amazing benefit you have as an expert and an entrepreneur. And it is, and and it's breaking those, but those, those nine to five barriers down and all of that sort of stuff. Like, and you know, can I just say to everybody out there, when you do have international businesses, just because you do have 6am calls and then I have a seven o'clock with a South African client tonight, that doesn't mean that you work 13, 15 hours. That means that you plan your day around that. Like for me, obviously riding my horse in the middle of the day and stuff like that. So it's, that's, that's a hard lesson that I've learned. Get rid of the restraints of rules that were made up in the early 1900s of the nine to five and stuff like that. <laughs> the eight hours yes. thing, you don't even have to work eight hours, just work the way you want to work and just make sure that you do take care of your energy and everything so you can then go and pitch and, and make sure that you're giving your best self when you do these really important things. Mm. Yes, yes, 100, 100% agree. And you are a uh, living, breathing example of all that. So thank you for doing that too. I mean, we, we need to model the behavior that we want to see in the world. Yeah. Just kind of stealing somebody else's quote and kind of reworking it. But that's how the world changed. That's how the world changes, right? As we just show that there's other ways to do things. Like I go for walks every afternoon. Like I've got to get outside. Like, you know, 
that's my thing. Like, I don't care what's going on in the world. I'm going out. I got to go clear my head. I got to go be active. That's my thing. Yep. Well, yeah. And I heard a good quote from Brene Brown, who's a hero. Most people know who she is. She had she had the biggest book, the book that she just extended, she hurt her hip so she couldn't walk. So they extended the deadline of the book. So she can't write, she can't write unless she walks. Um, and so they just extended the deadline for, you know, a number one international bestseller who really is a number one international bestseller. She can do that. We can all do that. Um, and it is very important for us to do that and to model those great examples that are coming out as well. And just the person that needs to give you permission is no one else. It's us that um, needs to give ourselves permission to do that. Yeah. Anyhow, thank you so much for being here, Kieran. I have really enjoyed this. Oh, I have as well. Have an amazing rest of the afternoon. And to everybody else out there, as always, be brave and continue the conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform?